to Season 2 of Granite State Golfers with Micah. I am an avid amateur golfer in New Hampshire. This podcast dives into the stories of the top amateur golfers in my home state. We are about to tee off. Please join me. Hi everyone, I hope you are doing well. This past week I played in the NHGA 4-Ball Championship at Owl's Nest with my friend Chris Hadem. It was our first time playing in this event and it was a lot of fun. This episode features the winners of that event, Mark Stevens and Joe Bowker, who shot a staggering 17 under par for the 36-hole tournament. I talked to Mark and Joe about their journey into golf as kids. They both have great memories of playing Dustin's as a kid, which brought back good memories for me because some of my earliest rounds with my dad were playing at Dustin's as well. We discussed the tournament on Monday and how they approached the event, and we dig into some strategy on a couple of the holes. I also talk with them about their goals for the year and what other events they'll be playing in. Thanks as always for listening and sharing it with your friends. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Mark and Joe. Welcome to Granite State Golfers, and thanks for coming on the show today. Thanks, Micah. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Mark, when did you start playing golf? Uh, how old were you? Who got you into the game? And what what course were you playing at when you started? Um, my grandfather on my dad's side and my dad were both pretty avid golfers. Um, they got me my first set of clubs. We lived um, on the west side of Concord. We moved. Uh, I was born down on the Cape. We moved into Concord when I was three years old. Um, and the nearest golf course, I believe, as the crow flies, was Dustin's Country Club or Dustin um, over in Hopkinton. So my dad yeah. took me over there. I believe I was five years old. And I remember it very vividly. We went up. There's a little putting green right next to the tee. We were hitting a few putts, waiting for the tee to clear. He said, all right, Mark, hop up on the first tee. Um, I think he helped me put the tee in the ground. I put the ball on the tee. And uh, I'm pretty sure I made contact on my first swing. There's a little rock. Joe, you probably know the rock I'm talking about, but it's like, yep. I don't know, maybe 25, 35 feet off the tee, kind of down to the left. And I think I kind of topped it off the heel, didn't get in the air, but it just kind of rolled and ended up right kind of over by that rock. And uh, from that moment on, I was hooked. I was hooked <laughs> on the game of golf. So my first first shot I ever hit was at Dustin's, rolled it off the tee. Um I'm pretty sure I played there. My parents, I don't think they dropped me off at six or seven years old, but I, I remember going there with my dad and playing a little bit for those first couple of years. And then um, he did some research and found, you know, back then we didn't have smartphones. I'm pretty sure he was going through the yellow pages and phone book and figured out that there was a golf course on the other side of town, kind of the north side of town in Concord uh, called Beaver Meadow. That was a municipal golf course. And I'm um, pretty sure he bought a family membership for my mother himself, my brother and I, but a brother three years younger than I am. Um, I want to say I was probably eight, maybe nine years old, but I think it was eight. So I started playing at Beaver Meadow um, when I was eight years old. Um, would go there with my folks, you know, would go as a family sometimes on the weekends. Um, but it was pretty quick, probably either that summer, or maybe the summer after that I figured out I wanted to be out there <laughs> away from my family and just, you know, either by myself, get paired up with somebody else. Uh, whether it be an adult or a kid. Um, I was very fortunate. There was an awesome contingency of kids right around my age. We all played like little league together um, and other sports, hockey and soccer. And, you know, there were probably on a slow day, there were four or five of us on a busy day. There were 10 or 12 of us running around 
beaver meadow and threesomes or foursomes. We go out there in the summers. Um, so for those formative years for me, between eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, and all the way, um, you know, even today, I'm still a member of Beaver Meadow, but, um, to answer your question, that's where, that's where it all started for me. Beaver Meadow, I played, got some lessons from the old pro there, Ed Deshays. He was there for several, several years, um, learned the game under him. There was another teaching professional there named Ray Kelm, um, who I took some lessons from as well. They really got me started just with the fundamentals, but I was, I was, uh, just a complete addict. You know, it wasn't uncommon for my, my mom or dad to drop me off there at, 7 30 in the morning um on a summer and i would just literally be there all day i remember sarah boss um ran the kitchen at beaver meadow and i would go in and um eat a hot dog uh at the end of the day i would go like the whole day without eating just play golf i was so enamored with it and sarah boss in the kitchen would be ready to throw away the hot dogs and i'd be standing out on the putting green i knew when when it was time to throw away the hot dogs i would go in and she would give me one before she threw it away and that was my dinner a lot of times but I was just, I was a beaver kid through and through all the way from those first couple of years. And still am now to this day, I'm 36 years old and still love the beef. Love it. Love it. Um, did you play on a high school team? I actually didn't. Um, my mother was a teacher. She was a math teacher at St. Paul school in Concord. We didn't move to uh, Concord for her to teach there. We actually lived down the street, like two miles down the street from St. Paul's. Um, but she was a math teacher before she had me. She gave it up to stay home with me myself and my brother when we were born. Um, but once we were a little bit older, I think she was 10, sorry, I was 10 when she started tutoring there. And then when I was 11, she applied for a full-time job and she got it. Um, so we moved out of the house in Concord that we have been living in since I was three years old. And we moved on campus at St. Paul's. I was fortunate enough to go there as was my younger brother. Um, oddly enough about St. Paul's, they did not have a golf team. So I didn't, I didn't have a fall sport. Um, I know in um, New Hampshire for, for high school golf, it's a fall sport. And, and unfortunately, St. Paul's didn't have one. I didn't play football. I didn't play soccer after like the age of seven. So I didn't have a fall sport. Um, we did have a club team. We'd play at Stonebridge a few days a week, but we didn't have the competitive schedule. It's basically just going there and playing nine after class. Um, so no, to answer your question, I did not play in high, excuse yeah. me, in high school. When did you start competing in tournaments? Uh, very early on, actually. Um, I think I mentioned that I joined Beaver when I was around eight or nine. It was right around that time when I started playing on the New Hampshire junior tour as well. Um, the junior tour at that time was run by a a guy named Jeremy Sprints. Great guy. Still remember him to this day, uh, vividly running those tournaments for, for all those years I was playing on the junior tour, traveling around playing Remember my first tournament, uh, I believe was at the Shattuck in Jaffrey, which is an incredibly difficult golf course. Yeah, And um, I think I came in third. There was an absolute stud um, named Matt Torrance that uh, he probably shot 36 or 37, which was incredible. Um, at the Shattuck, I probably shot like 43 and came in third place and I got a little plaque. And um, I told you I was hooked after I hit that that first dribbler off the tee at Dustin's. I was really hooked when I got that first plaque. I just thought <laughs> that was the coolest thing that you could play golf and then come home with some hardware. Um, I don't know if I still have that. I should, I should go through my basement, see if I can find it. But um, yeah, I started playing tournaments in the Hampshire junior tour before the age of 10 and uh, just stuck, stuck with that play pretty much every week. I had something either in New Hampshire. I also started playing some junior stuff in Massachusetts. There was a tour sponsored by Titleist. Um, I believe it was just called the Titleist junior tour. And I would play one or two tournaments a week down there, usually North of Boston um, there was another tour called the Challenge Cup, which was 
that tour was more highly regarded by like college coaches, either in New England or even sometimes out in New England. I remember I think coach at Duke came up and watched the tournament once, but um, those three tours, the NHGA, JGA, the Titleist tour and the challenge cup were all really formative um, in, in my golf career and gave me the opportunity to play in some, um, in a really great competitive environment. Yeah. Well, so competitive golf for quite some time. Um, relative to NHGA tournaments, uh, you know, stadium, mid-am tournaments like that. I know you both played recently in the Players Invitational. We'll touch upon that in a little bit. Um, but for you, Mark, what are uh, what are some of the better finishes you've had in in recent years or whatever time span you want to think about in some of the NHGA events? Um, my golf life has really kind of been like segments, I guess. Like I said, I played the NHGA or NHAGA, I guess it was for years and years. Um, it kind of culminated with me, uh, won the state junior, my, I guess it was going into my senior year. Um, it was a match play tournament. I, I believe it's now a stroke play event, but it was a match play tournament every year at Campbell's Scottish Highlands down in Salem. Um, so I was fortunate enough to win that. I guess I was 17 years old at the time. So that was kind of the highlight of my junior career. Um, as far as New Hampshire tournaments are is concerned. Um, and then after that, you know, I start. I didn't really play in the stadium. I don't think in high school much. I want to say my first one was maybe after I graduated high school at Manchester years and years ago, um, when Craig Sear won, but, uh, I started playing in the stadium, um, had a few good finishes, uh, some heartbreaks, uh, for a couple of years at 07, 08, or excuse me, 06, 07, I lost in the finals. Um, and then 2008, I made the finals for the third year in a row and was very fortunate to finally win one and get the monkey off my back. I didn't want to be remembered as the guy that lost three stadium finals in a row. Um, so that, that's certainly a, you know, probably the cherry on top yeah. of, of any, any tournament that I've ever played into be able to win your own stadium. Yeah. Just to check in on that one. Um, who did you yep. play against and where was the tournament that year? The tournament that year was in Lockmere or at Lockmere in Tilton. Um, played against Ryan Freel. The Freel name is very well-traveled in New Hampshire. Um, but yeah, I played Ryan that year at Lockmere. Uh, the years before that, the year directly before was at uh, Lake Winnipesaukee. I lost to a kid that played golf at UConn named Tim Strout. And the year prior to that, I got absolutely waxed by a uh, buddy of mine, Matt Burroughs. You probably recognize his name. He still plays in yep. New Hampshire Golf Association events to this day at Canterbury Woods. I think he beat me like eight and seven. We barely even made it to the back nine on the 36 holes. He was something crazy, like 11 or 12 under. It was it was pretty impressive to watch firsthand, even though it was me getting yeah, up. Yeah, right. Um, Mark, last question before I move over to Joe. Um, tell us a little bit about your game. What's uh, What would other people who play against you say is a strength of your game uh, in, in how you play it? Um. I don't, I honestly don't think I really have a strength. I, I don't think I do anything all that well. Honestly, if you watch me play 18 holes, you probably say, wow, that, that guy really doesn't do anything. Well, <laughs> like if you watch the fourth one we played in the other day, you know, playing with Joe at Alice Ness, we played with the Salo brothers, Cam and Damon. Um, you know, I think all three hit it further than, than I do off the tee, hit it higher. Um, they all hit crisper irons. They probably all hit their wedges better. They probably all chip it better. And they, they probably all put it better than me, honestly. So I don't really do anything that well, as far as I'm concerned. I think my greatest strength is just 
playing away from my weaknesses and maybe my course management. You know, I, like I said, I've been playing tournament golf since I was eight or nine years old. So I just have so many calluses built up and have seen so many holes and, and course layouts. And I kind of know how to play away from big numbers and keep myself in the hole um, as it relates to the four ball that Joe and I played in earlier this week on Monday. My goal for the 36 holes was to just try to be in every hole and free Joe up. Joe has the type of game where he can kind of overpower a golf course and make a ton of birdies and be on par fives and two and have looks at Eagle. Um, and my game just isn't, isn't that way every now and then I, if I catch on a sweet spot, catch lightning on a bottle, I might be able to keep it up by them. But as far as a 36 whole day is concerned, I just had to kind of be slow and steady. Um, so to go back to your question, Micah, um, I guess just course management would be my answer to that. Yeah. Well, I love it. And, and, uh, the longer I play the game, the more I appreciate good course management. Let's move, move over to you, Joe. Uh, when did you start playing? Uh, where was it and who got you into the game of golf? Yeah. So, uh, my dad got me into golf, uh, at, I think I started playing at four and funny enough, it was at Dustin's as well. Um, <laughs> I ended up staying at Dustin's, uh, pretty much until I was about 16. I, uh, I worked there. I was the the club champ there three years in a row. Um, but actually again, similarity, there's actually a rock a little farther out in the fairway on the first hole over at <laughs> Dustin's and growing up probably when I was six or seven, when I could drive it past that rock, I was like, Oh my God, I can finally hit the golf ball. It's like, it was just the best thing ever. And, uh, man, I think the summer I turned eight, my mom used to drop me off all day, every day in the summer. I was there six days a week, probably, I think Sundays, Saturdays and Sundays I'd play with my dad. And then, uh, the rest of the week, I was just there probably 12 hours a day. I, I knew every blade, uh, blade of grass on the course. It was uh, just used to walk it nonstop. It was great. Love it. Um, you play in high school? Didn't? I did, yeah. Um, so I played uh, at John Stark. I grew up in Ware. Um, I, was, I was homeschooled growing up until I got to high school. So um I had actually started high school a little earlier and started playing when I was still being homeschooled. Um, so my high school golf ended at 15 actually, cause I started playing when I was 12 in high school. Um, but that was my, my best year for the school. I made all state. I think I finished fifth in the, in the state finals. So wow, it was a good one. And where, where did you, did you play? competitive golf when you left high school? Uh, no, actually. So I played competitive golf, uh, again, like Mark played New Hampshire junior events growing up, played us challenge cup events growing up. Uh, but I actually kind of stopped playing for gosh, four or five years. Um, I stopped, stopped playing seriously around when I was 16 and then kind of got away from it completely for a few years. Once I turned 18, um, moved down to Florida, hoping that I would get back into it and start playing more. And, uh, didn't touch a club the whole time I was down there. I think I hit the range once in three years. Wow. And yeah, so, you, so I, you, you make your way out of Florida back to New Hampshire and you resumed or, or picked up the clubs again. 
Yeah. So I uh, started, started playing again, just really casually, just as something to do. And then um, actually the last job I was at over at Carponi, um met a good friend of mine who was a, uh, he's a pretty avid golfer. He's a golf nut like I am. And uh, so we kind of bonded over that and it really got me back into the game. And um, I think I started competing again about a year after I started playing again. So, okay. And uh, what about for you, uh, any particular tournaments in the last handful of years that you've played in where you've, you've had some good finishes? Uh, yeah. So really it'd be just last year would be, would be the good ones. Um, you know, the year before was really my first year competing again, uh, had a ton of nerves to work out. So didn't really do anything special. I think I won a smaller, uh, stroke play series event that year, but, uh, last year, um, made it to the semifinals of the state am. So I was happy with that. Um, the year before I missed the cut. So it was a a pretty big improvement, uh, tied for second at the, the state stroke play, um, got washed by Mr. Kohler. Um, (laughs) and, uh, made the tri-state team. So that was, that was fun. That was a great experience getting, getting a bond with all those guys, um, had a decent showing out there. So that was, that was really fun. Good. Um, relative to the strength of your game, Mark's already mentioned, uh, you've got some length off the tee, but what, what do you, or people you play with consider some of the strengths of your game? Probably really only my length is what other people would say. I like to think I have pretty good distance control. Um, but I don't know if that's something other people really notice. So I like to think I can, I can get a yardage down pretty well. Yeah. Let's, um, let's move into the tournament, uh, this past Monday up at Owl's Nest. This is the four ball championship where a lot of the top golfers in the state that you'd recognize on many of the leaderboards are competing. It's a two man event playing a four ball, um, format it's a 36 hole event uh i played in it myself with a buddy it's the first time i've played in the event and so i guess to start with for you guys well first congratulations on the uh on the win and the decisive win we'll get into your score and how you put that together which is still mind-boggling to me but how did the two of you meet and when did you decide to team up for this tournament um, I met Joe, so I'm much older than Joe. I'm 36. Joe, how old did you say you are? 27? 27, yeah. Yeah, so I'm nine years senior Joe. So we never overlapped in any uh, junior events. And um, I, I had moved away from New Hampshire for a little while. My wife and I moved to South Carolina for four years uh, in my late 20s and early 30s. So when Joe was moving home, I don't think I was even in the state. But I met Joe last year. We played, um, there was an inner city tournament uh or a Concord city tournament i should say for club champions joe is a club champion at um pembroke pines and i played out of beaver meadow at the time so um i think there were three of us um club champions within concord um greater concord area so we played at canterbury woods just the three of us it was pretty casual and that was the first time that i i met joe and, and played around a golf with him and um he played great i think he had one bad hole and otherwise, you know, he hit the ball great. So I was pretty impressed with his game. Um, so I knew it. And that was very early on in the spring or maybe very early on the summer of last year. So I basically just had met Joe within the last year or so. 
um, I knew he'd had a great finish at the stadium. I played either right in front of him uh, for at least one or two days there towards match play and, you know, kind of watching his game and watching his matches and was super impressed with the way he was carrying himself and his energy and just the way he was playing the golf course. Abenaki was playing tough and he was, um, he was winning matches and like he said, made it to the semi. So I knew he had some game. I actually, um, have always played four ball events, Concord city, four balls, um, NHGA four balls with a buddy of mine, a longtime buddy of mine named Ryan Blossom. You probably saw Ryan played well at the players a couple of weeks ago at Baker Hill. Um, so we'd been signed up for like a few months. Um, I put us in, we played in it together last year, uh, but Ryan had to travel for work. He was gone. He's on the West coast. Um, and I had just found out maybe, a, probably not even a month, maybe like three weeks before the event started that he wasn't gonna be able to play. So, um, we, Joe and I have a mutual friend named Matt Deloitte. Um, Joe's played a lot of golf with Matt at Pembroke Pines and I've known Matt since I was probably 11 years old from Beaver Meadow. So I reached out to Matt, got Joe's number when I found out Ryan Blossom couldn't play and texted him and, um, he texted me back pretty quickly, maybe like a half hour. And said, yeah, I'm in. Let's, uh, as long as I can get the day off from work, I'm in. I think he texted me the next day and said, we're good to go. So I emailed the New Hampshire Golf Association, said, hey, my partner Blossom can't play. I've got Joe Balker. Can you uh, can you switch him in? They said, no problem. And we were off and running. So that's how we ended up playing together, even though we only played one round together previous to that. Yeah. That's great. When going into the tournament, um, and, and I don't know if you were looking at prior year scores, but did you guys have a target score in mind of what you think it might take to be competitive to, to come in first or come near the top of the leaderboard? I don't think I we'd ever really. talked about. Yeah. We never talked about a number. Uh, Joe, was this your first time playing in the event? Is that right? Yeah. So I had some experience. I played the last two years. Like I said, I played with Boston last year. Uh, we didn't play great. I think we were like fifth or sixth. The year previous, I was a little snake bit. I played with um, a kid named Doug Champagne. who was a great junior golfer. He grew up playing Concord Country Club. We played together. Um, we had a great first round. I think we had a two-shot lead on Brandon Gillis and um, his partner, um, out of Nashua, uh, tall lefty. I'm forgetting his name. Sorry. But uh, two awesome players. And uh, they chased us down in the afternoon, ended up winning by one. And they, I'm pretty sure they finished at 14 under. Um the next year, uh, same team was in a playoff with Jim Silly and Mike Mahan at 14 under. Um, weather conditions were terrible, but they had made the golf course much easier. So, again, the score, the, the final score, the winning score was 14 under. That's what got you in a playoff. So, I had a feeling that 14, maybe 15 under would be either good enough to win or get in a playoff. Um, I also knew just from having seen what Joe had as far as capability of what kind of game he had and how it might translate to Owl's Nest. I had a feeling if we just played not even above our potential, but up to our potential, I felt like we could have beat 14 under, maybe hit 15, 16, and we ended up hitting 17 under. Um, so it, it wasn't a complete shock to me. Um, it's still a great score, like you said. Um, but I, I just had a feeling that if we played our games and played up to our potential, that we, we could take it pretty deep. When we started, we did actually kind of talk about a number. I think the second round, we said, hey, let's try to get it to 20 under, um, which we obviously didn't accomplish, but that was – kind of our goal. We were, we were trying to chase it down. I think had we had okay. a few more putts go in, which we made a ton of putts regardless, but had we had a few more putts go in, I, I think we probably could have hit the number something to chase next year, I guess. Yeah. Well, that that's fun. Um, what, what did you have an overall strategy going in? So, 
I mean, did you decide who's going to tee off first? Did you look at certain holes and decide how you were going to play certain holes? So Mark had me leading off first for the first few holes, and we were kind of struggling to get it together. Um, you know, Mark Mark said in our, our interview with the New Hampshire Golf Association that he was struggling to find the club face. So the story I made up in my head, and it seemed to work, was that you know, he might be, might be feeling a little pressure to, to hit some shots after me. So I think after the fourth or fifth hole or our fourth or fifth hole, I said, Hey, Mark, why don't you go first? And, uh, seemed to free him up pretty quickly. So I like it. Um, I did read that interview and, um, Mark, you've already mentioned making some putts. Um, tell me, it sounds like I, I think it was maybe the second nine holes of the second round. It sounds like there was some impressive footage of putts made. Is that right? Um, yeah, we started on we started on three. So we played the bulk of the front nine. And like Joe said, we I personally I, I was hitting the ball terrible. Um just couldn't loosen up, I guess, and uh find the sweet spot and just hit it where I was looking. Um it, Joe was hitting it okay. He was certainly hitting it better than I was, but we just kind of hadn't found our groove yet. Like I said, we'd only played golf together once before. So uh, as soon as Joe said, why don't you go first? I, I didn't push back at all. I'd put a peg in the ground and and off we went. We really didn't look back. But yeah, so we, um, I think we were one over through three, maybe one under after seven. So we made a turn, um, 10 at Owl's Nest, as you know, Micah, because you played the, the golf course the other day as a little downhill par three, just you can almost throw a golf ball onto the green from the tee. It's just a flip wedge down there, like 120 yards. Um, I didn't hit a very good wedge shot. I think I maybe had like 30 or 35 feet. And um, Joe hit a great bunker shot up there to maybe like six or seven feet for par. And um, and I I can't remember, Joe, if you putted first or if I just went because it was such a long putt. It was more of a lag putt anyway. But uh was able to, to knock that putt in, that 30-footer. And Joe and I kind of looked at each other. We exchange eye contact and I think we both kind of knew in our heads that like all right that was the spark that we needed and from that moment on I think we played I think we played the back nine that first round in six under so we pretty quickly went from being one under to seven under um and then we still had a few more holes to play on the front nine because it was a shotgun start yeah and then we birdied the we birdied our last hole to come in at eight under which was not leading Kohler and um Ryan and uh, Chamberlain excuse me shot nine under the front but uh we had a ton of momentum after not not really starting that strongly and uh, yeah. made a bunch of putts on the back and had some circles on the card and, and we didn't look back. We actually improved on that in our second round. So that was fun. Yeah. Now going uh, from minus eight to minus nine is impressive. Um, I'm curious about uh, two holes in particular and how you guys played them. So on the back nine, hole number 12, if I have the uh, hole number right, hole number 12 is the um, uphill par five that, Frankly, every shot, at least for my group, you know, you you can see the fairway on the drive, but there's a hazard that comes on the left. You can't go through the fairway on the right. The second shot's largely blind. I guess you can go for the green. I think with your distance, your guys are playing that hole different than me. So walk me through how you guys played hole 12. Yeah, so I was just trying to draw something off the tee and, you know, get as close as I could to try to reach into um, successful. The first time around was easy, was able to two putt for, for an easy birdie first time around. And uh, 
second time around did you know pretty much the same thing uh just missed the green uh going for it and missed a short putt to get up and down so i ended up making a par there yeah um mark had a pretty funny first uh first go around he thought he wasted the ball left in the tree and ended up dead center of the fairway he uh was able to put one i think you were right up next to the green on your second shot mark and then uh second time around he uh decided he didn't really want to bring those trees into play so he he hit a a three wood off the tee and then hit probably the most impressive driver off the deck i've seen in in years and uh came up a little short of the green but man was it a Ooh, it was quite the shot that's exciting it was, it was it was pretty cool to watch yeah he uh it was it was impressive hey joe what it a curious what did you have for distance on your second shot into that hole uh, i think both times around it was around 220 230 left okay the other hole i'm curious about um and when i when I, you know, I played in the mid-am that was also at Owl's, last, Owl's Nest last fall. Uh, the other hole, which seems to get a lot of chatter with the players, is two holes later. Hole 14 is a severe uphill short par four with, depending on where they put the hole location, uh, a potentially menacing, uh, not very deep green. And curious how you guys approached hole 14. So I struggled with that one in the mid-am last year as well. Um, last year in the mid-am, I was of the belief, hit a hybrid out there and try to have a full wedge in. It uh, it might have worked out for me one day, didn't work out very well for me the other two days. So going into this, I said, I'm just hitting driver and trying to get as close to the green as possible. Uh, first time around, I was just shy of the green, you know, just just before the where it goes severely uphill. Yeah, I uh, was able to hit a nice little flop up there, um, make a birdie. And then second time, I was just about pin high, just off the left of the green and uh, wasn't able to get it up and down, actually. So it was actually a really tough shot in there. How about you, Mark? How'd you play 14? Um, being that I was hitting first at that point in the tournament in the first round, um, I hit hybrid. Up, uh, I think I had maybe 100 yards in. 90 yards, something like that. And, um, it's not a very deep green. It's, it's very narrow, um, where that pin was tucked all the way on the left. There's really, I mean, whether you've got a flop shot or a full shot in with a wedge, it's just really hard to get it close. So I hit, I hit a wedge, um, up onto the green. It landed towards the back end of the green. I can't, I couldn't see the shot because the fairway is underneath the green. Joe was up there. He said it landed on the back of the green, ended up spinning back maybe like 15 feet underneath the hole which is probably about as good as I could do to where that pin was. Um, it was a good shot given where, where my partner was, where Joe was right in front of the green. I, I literally was just trying to get something on the green, not go long. Um, Cause that's pretty much dead or, uh, or spin it back off the front of the green. And then the second time around, we both talked about it. We just said, let's just hit driver up there by the green. I mean, what are the odds that both of us are going to make five from being green side and two. So I hit, I hit, I couldn't have placed a drive any better. I was on the right side about, I don't know, 25, 30 feet short of the green, but all the way on the right, there's a hazard over there. That's pretty close to the hazard, but I had all the green in the world to work with, which is exactly what I wanted. I want to be able to just chip back up towards that hole. Um, and I hit, I hit a terrible chip. Actually, it wasn't that bad, but I just didn't hit it hard enough. I didn't hit it hard enough to get up the hill. 
Yeah. And if you don't cover that hill, it kicks down left underneath the green. So my third shot, I think was actually longer than my second shot because <laughs> it rolled almost all, you know, all the way back down towards that fairway. So I had a super awkward shot, um, from my third shot. I'm thinking, well, I just, you know, left by partner high and dry and he's up there above the hole chipping back down and it's probably going to struggle to make a four. He had a great shot just to have a, a look at birdie. But anyway, I was, um, probably hit the best little flip wedge that I hit all day or, or just wedge shot in general. A kind of a flop shot up there to like, I don't know, maybe three feet, uh, which was huge at that point in the tournament. Cause we, uh, we were probably still around pretty close to being around tied for the lead. Um, which I'm sure freed Joe up big time and how he's thinking instead of maybe playing defensively and just trying to make a four, um, you know, trying to hit his tough downhill chip somewhere near the hole and, and make a three and make a birdie. So, um, yeah, it, like you said, Mike, it, it's a tough little hole. Um, it's super strategic. I think had we been playing our own ball, I would have played it differently the second time around and still laid back and hit hybrid off the tee, but, uh, definitely an interesting hole when it comes to a, a four ball format, like we were playing in on Monday. Yeah. Well, congratulations to you both on the win. Uh, super impressive. And I love the story that you hadn't played that much golf together. Uh, just a couple more questions as we look uh, toward the uh, rest of the season, and then I'll let you guys go. This is a big, fun tournament that a lot of players enjoy. Uh, here we are mid-June. Uh, what else are you entered into this year that you're looking forward to? Are, are you both playing in the stadium? Same yeah. with you, Mark? Yep. I'll, yep. I'll be at Manchester. Yeah. Yep. Good. Um, and then what else are you going to, you'll do the mid-am in the fall uh, and any other tournaments that you're looking forward to this year? So I, I have the state open coming up next week. Um, uh, playing the New England AM the week after the state AM. Uh, and then a couple, I have like a USAM qualifier and a mid-am qualifier. Um, see if I do anything with those. Oh, good. Uh, undecided on the mini I'm yet this year. It's going to just depend a lot on, on what exactly I'm doing for work at the time. And if I'm yeah. with the, with the job I'm with now, or if I'm with a different, different situation. So we'll see. How about you, Mark? Um, I, so like I said, I'll, I'll play in the stadium, um, at Manchester, as far as the mini is concerned, I've already decided I'm definitely not going to play only reason being, that my wife is due with our second child the week, I believe the either the week before or the week of the mid-amp. So that's an easy no. Um, so super excited for that and uh, a great reason to have to miss that tournament. Yeah. Um, I haven't played, I haven't played the stroke play in a couple of years. Last time I played it uh, was at Montcom in, I think it was 2020. Um, so I'd, I'd like to play in something else after the, uh, the stadium this year. So I, I'm not registered yet, but I think I'll probably sign up for the stroke play. Uh, one tournament that I have, I'm already playing in is the, uh, the mid am match play event that Matt Schmidt brought to the New Hampshire golf association. I believe he adopted it from the Indiana state golf association when he was there and brought it to us when he, when they made the, the jump up to New Hampshire, but it's, um, it's kind of a year long event. I'm sure people have probably described it to you in the past, but it's 18 holes of qualifying back in May. We had our 18 holes qualifier at Pease. Uh, the first round of matches was like three weeks after, uh, actually at my home club at Beaver Meadow. So 16, um, qualifiers made it into match play. They see you just like, you know, a March Madness bracket one through 16. Uh, I was fortunate enough to win my uh, match at Beaver Meadow in the first round. The second round of matches is at uh, Sky Meadow in Nashville, which I've never played before, but that's uh, late July. It's still not for like another month and a half. So there's a pretty big gap between the first and second round, but uh, I'm pretty excited. My uh, opponent in the next round is Harvin Graf, who I haven't played a lot of golf with. I actually played with him up at um, 
Baker Hill at the players a couple of weeks ago, but Harvin, I know you've had Harvin on your podcast before and he's just a super interesting guy, just like a literally salt of the earth guy, yeah. awesome golfer. And, um, and can't wait for that match. I think, I think it's going to be a lot of fun, you know, win or lose. I'm just looking forward to being out there playing golf with him. Well, that, that um, intrigues me a lot. I might a good time. find my way over to Sky Meadow to watch some of those holes. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I, I was talking to Brandon Gillis who, who, uh, Sky Meadow is his golf course. I was talking to Brandon on Monday. I'm going to try to get over there and play a practice round because I've never played it before. Uh, just so I can try to keep up with Harvin and give him a run for his money during our match. Oh, good. Um, just to wrap up here, guys, I do this little section on the show. I call gimmies. They're pretty short, straightforward questions. Sort of a lightning round. Um, I'll ask the question, then I'll I'll go to Mark first for the answer, then we'll go over to Joe. What's your favorite course in New Hampshire? Now, feel free if you feel you need to say your home course. That's cool. But if you also want to throw in a second course in the state, uh, please do that as well. If I had one round of golf left for the rest of my life and somebody said you can only play one golf course, it would be Beaver Meadow just because I have so many memories uh, and so many rounds out there. It's just kind of nostalgic for me. But um, as far as like my favorite tournament golf course in the state of New Hampshire, I love Baker Hill. I'm sure you probably get that all the time, but I just think I it's an awesome layout. Yeah, yeah, I love the property up there. It's just kind of secluded. You know, it's in the woods. Each, For the most part, each hole is its own hole. There's no parallel holes. Um, I just think the setup is awesome, and uh, it's always a treat to, to go up there and play. I just think it's a great golf course. Yeah. Uh, and what about you, Joe? What's your favorite course in the state? It's actually a great question. There's a lot of them I like. Uh, you know, Canterbury, very, very fun course. That's where I'm a member now. Um, really enjoy the three, the three par fives on the back. I think it just makes the course very fun to play. Um, I really enjoyed Abenaki as well, where we played the state am last year. The course just really suited my eye very, very well. So between those two, it's a toss up. Yeah. Um, back to you, Mark, what's your current favorite club in your bag? <laughs> Oh, kind of favorite club. I guess putter. Uh, Jonah made a bunch of putts on Monday, so I'd have to say putter. Uh, putter was my least favorite club in my bag about three weeks ago, um, <laughs> but it it was it was very kind to us on Monday, so I'd have to say putter. Okay, how about you, Joe? Right now, this moment in time, which is rare, is my driver. I'm hitting it very, very well. Good. Yeah. Well, you, I I hear you. You know, golf is a fluid game in our our thoughts and feelings towards the game and our clubs change. So you got to go with what's the hot, the hot thing. I get it. Um, Mark, back to you. This is a multiple choice question. What's your favorite shot between these three options, a smoke driver, a flush mid iron or making a long putt? Uh, definitely making a long putt. It just makes it such a drastic impact uh, on your score, whether you're playing in a, a four ball event or, um, especially match play. I mean, you can make you can make a bomb on your partner when they're in their close. You know, say your partner's or your opponent rather has five feet for birdie in match play. You've got twenty five feet, and they're licking their chops, thinking they're going to win the hole, and you drain your twenty five footer, and your opponent misses a five footer. And it's just a massive momentum swing. Um, so certainly making the putt, probably in any format, be it match play, four ball, or uh, just a metal play event. Yeah. How about you, Joe? I got to say a flushed iron and to the match play point, I prefer to try to play back of my opponent and put pressure on them first. So if you're, you're hitting your irons well and sticking them and making your opponent answer, it can get exhausting for them pretty quickly. 
I like it. Um, turning to the PGA and LPA, LPGA tour, uh, Mark, do you have a, a current favorite player on the PGA or LPGA tour that you like a lot? I saw Ricky Fowler played great today. I know Xander Shoffley did as well in the first round of the U S open. Um, I'm, I guess I would say I'm rooting for Ricky this year. I know he's had kind of some ups and downs the last several years, as far as this game is concerned, but been really impressed with the way he's grinded it out and just hasn't quit. Um, my, my favorite player though, I would say I was, I went to Q school, uh, in 2016, I was, I went out to Nevada for my first stage and I was paired for three out of the four rounds of that stage with Cam Davis, who at the time was an amateur, but he's, um, he's an Australian kid. I don't know how old he is now, maybe, maybe late twenties, but, um, just a super nice kid treated everyone like gold. I think he was ranked like fifth in the world as far as amateur golfers is concerned back then. And now I'm sure he's inside the top hundred in the world for uh, professional rank as well. But, uh, just a super nice kid. Um, has an incredible golf game, probably best ball striker that I've, I've ever played around a golf with. Uh, but I was more impressed with his demeanor more than anything that he did with a golf club in his hand. So wow. I'll, I'll be rooting for him. I know he's in the field this week. I, I don't know what he shot today. Um, but I'll, I'll always root for him as long as he's out on tour, just because we did, uh, did share a few rounds together at Q school years back. That's awesome. How about you, Joe? I'm a big Scotty Shuffler fan. Um, I just, the, since the first time I saw him swing a club, he, just the way he comes through through the ball is very intriguing to me. I think it's uh very interesting. I've always always liked his swing and then just finding out what a great guy he is is yeah. helpful as well. So good. I love it. Um last question in this little gimme section. Is there a course on your bucket list that you've not yet played that you really would love to get out and play? Um yeah. It- my bucket list golf course would definitely be Augusta national. Um, I just, I think it's an awesome layout. I know it's, it's borderline outdated. I know they're trying to add length to the golf course now because guys are just hitting the golf ball so far, but, uh, just the beauty of it, the condition of the golf course, the masters is just literally a tradition like any other, as they coined the phrase, um, little known fact, Micah, you might not know this, and this might be a potential target for your podcast in the future, but, there's a kid that I grew up playing golf with um, at Beaver Meadow, who is now Augusta always has two head golf professionals at the golf course. Um, and one of the golf professionals is a kid that grew up in Concord, New Hampshire. His name's Ryan Sharp. Um, great guy. Played a ton of golf with Ryan growing up, but he, uh, he is a product of Beaver Meadow of Concord, New Hampshire played on the golf team at Concord high and played in uh, New Hampshire junior golf events. And he is now a head golf professional at Augusta. So I don't know if I'll ever get out there. Wow. If I ever do, it'll be, be because of Ryan Sharp. Um, but yeah, certainly, uh, you know, I know I mentioned earlier that if I had one round of golf left in my life, I'd play Beaver Meadow. But if I couldn't get a tee time at Beaver, I think I'd choose Augusta as my second option. <laughs> <laughs> how about how about you, Joe? What what course is on your list? Yeah, I'd have to second Augusta. I mean, there's there's nothing like it in the world, really. So yeah, yeah, I can't go wrong with that choice. Well, listen, guys, I, I appreciate your time. I want to thank you both. Congratulations on your good victory on Monday. Uh, enjoyed talking with you, getting to hear about your stories, and wish you both well in the tournaments you've got uh, for the rest of this season. And appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for having Thanks, us, Micah. Micah.
everyone. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Granite State Golfers is produced by Dew Sweeper Productions. If you enjoy the show, please leave a review and share it with your friends. Until next time, tee it up, have fun, and LGLG. LG.